chapter four of mrs craddock by william somerset mom this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva bertha threw off her troubled looks and the vexation which the argument had caused her she blushed charmingly as the door opened and with the entrance of the fairy prince her face was wreathed in smiles she went towards him and took his hands and polly she said this is mr edward craddock dr ramsay you know he shook hands with miss ley and looked at the doctor who promptly turned his back on him craddock flushed and sat down by miss ley we were talking about you dearest said bertha the pause at his arrival had been disconcerting and while craddock was rather nervously thinking of something to say miss ley made no effort to help him i have told aunt polly and dr ramsay that we intend to be married four weeks from to-day this was the first that craddock had heard of the date but he showed no particular astonishment he was in fact trying to recall the speech which he had composed for the occasion i will try to be a good husband to your niece miss ley he began but that lady interrupted him she had already come to the conclusion that he was a man likely to say on a given occasion the sort of thing which might be expected and that in her eyes was a hideous crime oh yes i have no doubt she replied bertha as you know is her own mistress and responsible for her acts to no one craddock was a little embarrassed he had meant to express his sense of unworthiness and his desire to do his duty also to make clear his own position but miss ley's remarks seemed to prohibit further explanation which is really very convenient said bertha coming to his rescue because i have a mind to manage my life in my own way without interference from anybody miss ley wondered whether the young man looked upon bertha's statement as auguring complete tranquillity in the future but craddock seemed to see in it nothing ominous he looked at bertha with a grateful smile and the glance which she returned was full of the most passionate devotion since his arrival miss ley had been observing craddock with great minuteness and being a woman could not help finding some pleasure in the knowledge that bertha was trying with anxiety to discover her judgment craddock's appearance was prepossessing miss ley liked young men generally and this was a very good-looking member of the species his eyes were good but otherwise there was nothing remarkable in the physiognomy he looked healthy and good-tempered miss ley noticed even that he did not bite his nails and that his hands were strong and firm there was really nothing to distinguish him from the common run of healthy young englishmen with good morals and fine physique but the class is pleasant miss ley's only wonder was that bertha had chosen him rather than ten thousand others of the same variety for that bertha had chosen him somewhat actively there was in miss ley's mind not the shadow of a doubt miss ley turned to him has bertha shown you our chickens she asked calmly no he said surprised at the question i hope she will oh no doubt you know i am quite ignorant of agriculture have you ever been abroad no i stick to my own country he replied it's good enough for me i dare say it is said miss ley looking to the ground 
bertha must certainly show you our chickens they interest me because they're so very like human beings they're so stupid i can't get mine to lay at all at this time of year said craddock of course i'm not an agriculturist repeated miss ley but chickens amuse me dr ramsay began to smile and bertha flushed angrily you have never shown any interest in the chickens before aunt polly haven't i my dear don't you remember last night i remarked how tough was that one we had for dinner how long have you known bertha mr craddock it seems all my life he replied and i want to know her more this time bertha smiled and miss ley though she felt certain the repartee was unintentional was not displeased with it all this time dr ramsay was not saying a word and his behaviour aroused bertha's anger i have never seen you sit for five minutes in silence before dr ramsay she said i think what i have to say would scarcely please you miss bertha miss ley was anxious that no altercation should disturb the polite discomfort of the meeting you're thinking about those rents again doctor she said and turning to craddock the poor doctor is unhappy because half of our tenants say they cannot pay the poor doctor grunted and sniffed and miss ley thought it was high time for the young man to take his leave she looked at bertha who quickly understood and getting up said let us leave them alone eddie i want to show you the house he rose with a clarity evidently much relieved at the end of the ordeal he shook miss ley's hand and this time could not be restrained from making a little speech i hope you're not angry with me for taking bertha away from you i hope i shall soon get to know you better and that we shall become great friends miss ley was taken aback but really thought his effort not bad it might have been worse and at all events he had kept out of it references to the almighty and to his duty then craddock turned to dr ramsay and went up to him with an outstretched hand that could not be refused i should like to see you sometime dr ramsay he said looking at him steadily i fancy you want to have a talk with me and i should like it too when can you give me an appointment bertha flushed with pleasure at his frank words and miss ley was pleased at the courage with which he had attacked the old curmudgeon i think it would be a very good idea said the doctor i can see you to-night at eight good good-bye miss ley he went out with bertha miss ley was not one of those persons who consider it indiscreet to form an opinion upon small evidence before knowing a man for five minutes she made up her mind about him and liked nothing better than to impart her impression to any that asked her upon my word doctor she said as soon as the door was shut he's not so terrible as i expected i never said he was not good-looking pointedly answered dr ramsay who was convinced that any and every woman was willing to make herself a fool with a handsome man miss ley smiled good looks my dear doctor are three parts of the necessary equipment in the battle of life you can't imagine the miserable existence of a really plain girl do you approve of bertha's ridiculous idea to tell you the truth i think it makes very little difference if you and i approve or not therefore we'd much better take the matter quietly 
you can do what you like miss ley replied the doctor very bluntly but i mean to stop the business you won't my dear doctor said miss ley smiling again i know bertha much better than you i've lived with her for three years and i've found constant entertainment in the study of her character let me tell you how i first knew her of course you know that her father and i hadn't been on speaking terms for years having played ducks and drakes with his own money he wanted to play the same silly game with mine and as i strongly objected he flew into a violent passion called me an ungrateful wretch and nourished the grievance to the end of his days well his health broke down after his wife's death and he spent several years with bertha wandering about the continent she was educated as best could be in half a dozen countries and it's a marvel to me that she is not entirely ignorant or entirely vicious she's a brilliant example in favour of the opinion that the human race is inclined to good rather than to evil miss ley smiled for she herself was convinced of precisely the opposite well one day she proceeded i got a telegram sent through my solicitors father dead please come if convenient bertha ley it was addressed from naples and i was in florence of course i rushed down taking nothing but a bag a few yards of crepe and some smelling salts i was met at the station by bertha whom i hadn't seen for ten years i saw a tall and handsome young woman very self-possessed and admirably gowned at the very latest fashion i kissed her in a subdued way proper to the occasion and as we drove back inquired when the funeral was to be holding the smelling salts in readiness for an outburst of weeping oh it's all over she said i didn't send my wire till everything was settled i thought it would only upset you i've given notice to the landlord of the villa and to the servants there was really no need for you to come at all only the doctor and the english parson seemed to think it rather queer of me to be here alone i used the smelling salts on myself imagine my emotion i expected to find a hobbledehoy of a girl in hysterics everything topsy-turvy and all sorts of horrid things to do instead of which i found everything arranged perfectly well and the hobbledehoy rather disposed to manage me if i let her at luncheon she looked at my travelling dress i suppose you left florence in a hurry she remarked if you want to get anything black you'd better go to my dressmaker she's not bad i must go there this afternoon myself to try some things on miss ley stopped and looked at the doctor to see the effect of her words he said nothing and the impression i gained then she added has only been strengthened since you'll be a very clever man if you prevent bertha from doing a thing upon which she has set her mind do you mean to tell me that you're going to sanction the marriage miss ley shrugged her shoulders my dear dr ramsay i tell you it won't make the least difference whether we bless or curse and he seems an average sort of young man let us be thankful that she's done no worse he's not uneducated no he's not that he spent ten years at regis school turkenberry so he ought to know something what was exactly his father 
his father was the same as himself a gentleman farmer he'd been educated at regis school as his son was he knew most of the gentry but he wasn't quite one of them he knew all the farmers and he wasn't quite one of them either and that's what they've been for generations neither flesh fowl nor good red herring it's those people that the newspapers tell us are the backbone of the country dr ramsay let em remain in their proper place then in the back said the doctor you can do as you please miss ley i'm going to put a stop to the business after all old mr ley made me the girl's guardian and though she is twenty-one i think it's my duty to see that she doesn't fall into the hands of the first penniless scamp who asks her to marry him you can do as you please retorted miss ley who was a little bored you'll do no good with bertha i'm not going to bertha i'm going to craddock direct and i mean to give him a piece of my mind miss ley shrugged her shoulders dr ramsay evidently did not see who was the active party in the matter and she did not feel it her duty to inform him the question is she said quietly can she marry any one worse i must say i'm quite relieved that bertha doesn't want to marry a creature from bayswater the doctor took his leave and in a few minutes bertha joined miss ley the latter obviously intended to make no efforts to disturb the course of true love you'll have to be thinking of ordering your trousseau my dear she said with a dry smile we're going to be married quite privately answered bertha we neither of us want to make a fuss i think you're very wise of course most people when they get married fancy they're doing a very original thing it never occurs to them that quite a number of persons have committed matrimony since adam and eve i've asked edward to luncheon to-morrow said bertha End of chapter 4